Well, that was ugly, wasn't it? The 49ers drop a messy one in Cleveland, losing the game to the Browns and fall into 5-1. and one. Final score was 19-17. to 17. Just an ugly game all around. And before I get into some things that jumped out to me, I want to I, I want to go back over what I said were the keys to the game. The 49ers had to do four things to win the game in Cleveland on Sunday. And so here's what I said. First, they had to stay hungry. They did not look hungry at all. They looked hungry against Dallas, but they did not look hungry. They didn't look focused. They had way too many mistakes. There were multiple drop passes. There were 12 penalties. I think I saw that there were like 18 missed tackles. That seems high. I saw 18 and then I saw 10. So I don't know which one it was, um, but uh, double digit tackles were missed. And so that's uncharacteristic of this defense. So just not a good game. I didn't feel like Cleveland offensively had a chance but uh, the 49ers let the Browns run all over them and uh, just not a good, not a good way to, uh, to show when, when people are calling you the best team in the NFL and you come out and you do what they did uh, just a poor outing for the 49ers. The second thing I said they had to do was take advantage of the Browns quarterback situation. So they were starting uh, PJ Walker. It was going to be the third uh, quarterback that they'd started in their f- in what was their fifth game. And so I felt like they really didn't have much of a chance, uh, the Browns didn't, and they had been sacked uh, 16 times in only four games. And so I felt like this was a huge advantage for the 49ers. With that pass rush, they'd really be able to uh, to to make the Browns just put keep putting them in a bad situation, and they didn't do it. PJ Walker wasn't good, but he completed some passes. He moved the ball. The Browns scored. They were able to run the ball, as I said, and so just not a good outing there. <clears throat> the the third thing that I said was that they needed to slow down Miles Garrett. And Garrett, you know, he he kind of had a quiet game, so I feel like they did okay with this. But here's the thing, <clears throat> Trent Williams, I think I saw that he gave up four quarterback pressures uh, more than any of the offensive linemen. Now he's hurt, um, and so that's part of it, but uh, not a great showing for uh, for Trent Williams. But still, Miles Garrett didn't go off like he's capable of going off. So, so that one they didn't do too bad in, but the fourth one, which was handle the Browns' defensive front, they didn't even come close to doing that. Just a horrible outing. Now, the Browns' defense is really good. They are legit. This is the best defense in the NFL, and they're the best defense that a Kyle Shanahan coached 49ers team has faced since he's been here. I can't think of a better defense that they've faced. Um, So... I don't want to take anything away from the Browns defense because they were legit good. Uh, but that different, that defensive front, the 49ers offensive line struggled. I mean, they just, the, the interior of the line, uh, banks wasn't great. Brendel and, and Burford, they, they were terrible and just constantly there was pressure, uh, in Brock Purdy's face. So, um, not a great showing, and and so I'm not going to be one of those guys to say, hey, 
they should have done what I told them because look, if, if you're, if you're, whether you're doing this or whether you're just listening to it, if you, if you're one of those people that thinks you know more about football than, than uh, the coach or the players, then you're only fooling yourself. So I uh, obviously do not think that. So um, I'm not going to even pretend. So 1917 loss to the, to the Browns. Christian McCaffrey left the game with an oblique, uh, what's described as oblique rib. And so um, we'll see how that, uh, how that translates. If he plays next week, uh, Debo Samuel left with a shoulder. Uh, by all accounts, the, uh, the, the prog- prognosis or whatever you call it is, uh, is, is not too bad. So we'll just have to see if it's more of a pain issue is he going to be able to play? Trent Williams was in a walking boot after the game. He has a sprained ankle. And uh, Diamador Lenore left with some kind of calf injury or something like that. So uh, uh, so I'm hoping that uh, that we'll get an update here at some point on the uh, – wait, okay. So here's uh, from Matt Mayoko. Uh, Kyle Shanahan just said uh, Christian McCaffrey's undergoing imaging now to determine what's up with his ribs oblique. Debo Samuel's day-to-day with a shoulder injury. Trent Williams, it's not a high ankle, so that's great. So he's day-to-day. So high ankle, Trent Williams is probably going to miss multiple weeks. But since it's not a high ankle, that is uh, uh, just a normal ankle sprain, so not uh, not the bad one. So, so that's good, uh, and they're not saying anything about Diamador Lenore, so it must have been just a cramp. Uh, that's that's what I'm hoping for. Uh, he he did go down and he left, and then Amber Thomas came in. So Dre, what's up? Dre said Lamar Jackson played around with the Browns defense. Uh, he had two touchdowns in the air and two touchdowns on the ground last week. Just shows how hard it is to stop Lamar when he's rolling wild. Yeah. Yeah, Lamar's really, he's a tough matchup because he can beat you through the air. He can beat you on the ground. Uh, but that Browns defense, I, I, I just was super impressed with them. Uh, they were, you know, and I was impressed with the running game. The, the passing game still stunk, but the uh, the running game, except for Amari Cooper, he was, he was really good. Uh, of course, on that one, uh, Lenore slipped and fell, and uh, then uh, Hufanga took a bad angle and missed that tackle, and but uh, super impressed with the Browns running game because nobody runs on the 49ers, but the Browns did. And uh, very, very impressed with the Browns defense. They are legit. So let me get into the game. Uh, as, as you probably know, if you've watched this before, you know that what I do is I take notes during the game um, and, and just like what jumped out to me. And then I come back in the next day and, and I write about this uh, uh, on 49ers web zone. And then I usually come on here and, and talk about it as well. So I'm going to jump into those. So one of the things that I wrote down, the second game in a row that Spencer Burford, a Spencer Burford penalty nullified a first down. So uh, Burford did this against the Cowboys on a long uh, uh, pass from Brock Purdy to Brandon Ayuk. And then uh, it got called back because of a Burford holding penalty. So on the next play, Debo Samuel hit, uh, or Brock Purdy hit Debo Samuel for a big, uh, gain that saved Spencer Burford. But this time there, that didn't happen. So Burford, uh, needs to stop 
ruining first downs. Um, speaking of Brandon Ayuk, I'm not used to seeing him drop passes. He is just, he's had like vice grips for hands so far this season. And to see him drop some balls, uh, he dropped a ball that he probably would have scored on. Um, and so that hurt, man. He dropped some, some big passes. Um, he, and he made some, you know, on that last drive that got the 49ers into field goal range, uh, Ayuk made, uh, made a great play on that, uh, that short pass that Purdy hit him with. And then Ayuk just split right up the middle and, uh, made some guys, uh, have to, have to come after him big gain. And, uh, so that, that was encouraging, but, uh, the next thing I wrote down is the Browns defense is as good as advertised. I already hit on that, that man, they are, they are freaking good. Um, hit on this too, a horrible missed tackle by Talanoa Hufanga on the big pass play in the second quarter. That's when Lenore slipped and, um, um, the Browns ended up scoring a touchdown on that drive. Uh, so just not a, not a good, uh, not a good look there for Hufanga, who's normally like, he doesn't miss tackles. And so for him to whiff on that play was just not uh, his best moment. Uh, had a, had multiple people last week um, when I I did I did some some reels and some shorts and and uh, I think a shorter video on not only keys to the game but on what the 49ers needed to do how the Browns might be able to be to upset the 49ers and actually had some people respond and say things you know like how I'm an idiot if I think that this game's even going to be close it's going to be a blowout. And so far, none of those people have reached out to apologize to me. I find that very strange. They should, because look, I knew that this game was going to be tough. I knew that that defense. Now, I will confess, I didn't think the Browns would score, but maybe six. Like, I, I thought maybe they'll kick a couple of field goals. That's it. They're going to struggle to move the ball. And they did for the most part, but they did have some some drives where they obviously scored some touchdowns and and uh, they put up 19 points. So that's good against this defense. And so I didn't see that coming, but I did see this uh, the, the, the way the Browns defense played the 49ers. I saw that coming just because I thought that they were that good. So all of those people that called me an idiot, you need to reach out and apologize to me and tell me that I was right. And then tell me that from now on, you'll never doubt me because I'm always going to be right. The other thing that I said um, in one video, I said that that uh, that there was a chance that it was going to rain and that it was likely going to rain. And again, had people saying the forecast says sunny, dude, what are you what are you scared about? And what did it do? It rained almost the whole time. Look, so I don't live in the Bay Area. I live in the Chicago area. So I'm not horribly far from Cleveland. And I just knew, look, we're supposed to get a ton of rain and the rain is going to leave here and head that way. And so I just knew that it was going to rain there. And uh, plus, I I mean, I, I saw the my, my weather app was telling me that it was going to rain in Cleveland on Sunday. So look... Uh, so a lot of people owe me an apology, <laughs> and I'm sure I'll get none uh, from anybody. Uh, let's see, Brock Purdy. Let's talk about him. He had some Jimmy Garoppolo-type throws in this game. 
Easily his worst as an NFL quarterback. Brock Purdy was not good. He was he was terrible, in fact. Um, just missed too many throws. Uh, the interception was a really bad throw. He missed McCaffrey on what could have been a touchdown. Um, and, and when Brock was missing, he was missing by a lot. He wasn't just barely a little off. He was way off. And so very uncharacteristic of him. I don't know if the ball was slipping out of his hand. Um, obviously it did on uh, the drive where he fumbled, slipped out of his hand there. Um, and he slipped, um, I, I think maybe a couple of throws before that uh, had the ball looked like it had, it had come out of his hand wrong. So I just think that he was bad overall, but he did get the team within field goal range. So when, and, and that was the big question, you know, we were, we were saying this like right at, toward the end of the game. All right, Brock Purdy, you've been terrible today, but here's your chance to move the team down the field, get in field goal range and, and make something happen. And that's exactly what he did. He got them right down there um, for a potential game-winning field goal. And we'll talk about that field goal here in a second. But Purdy looked a little Garoppolo-like. But I will say that when Jimmy Garoppolo was bad, he was really bad. He'd throw multiple interceptions. He'd fumble and, and, and lose the fumble to the other team. He'd step out of the back of the end zone. He would do all kinds of things like that. Um, Brock, at least when he's bad, he minimized the damage to an extent. I mean, he, and, and I'm not going to say that he was good by any stretch, but, uh, but I, I do like the way he finished. And I think that he'll learn from this think that he'll build from it. Kyle Shanahan said before the game that he wanted it to be rainy. He wanted it to be messy and ugly because he wanted his team to be tested and to have a tough game. Well, they got that, and unfortunately, they weren't able to uh, close it out. Uh, the next thing I wrote down was the 49ers defense gave up too many big plays. I, th I felt like they were pretty good. They weren't good against the run. Um. I mean, they were decent, but not, not what we expect because the standard for the 49ers defense is so high. But they, you know, there was that uh, the play to Amari Cooper where Lenore slipped and Hufanga missed the, uh, uh, the tackle. There was uh, the play where, where Cooper went up over Charverius Ward and caught uh, a great catch, great throw. And so it's kind of hard to fault the 49ers defense for that, but there, it just felt like there were too many big plays. Uh, welcome to the 49ers, Randy Gregory, huge first sack. Randy Gregory had a good game. He had the sack. He had three quarterback pressures and he only, I think he only played 12 on 12 pass rushing snaps. So in only 12 rushing snap pass rushing snaps, he had a sack and three pressures. So that's a good, a really good start for Randy Gregory uh, for his 49ers career. Keep playing like that, and uh, he's going to make a difference on, on this already good defense. Uh, and and they'll, they'll want to, because they have him for multiple years, so they'll want to bring him back if he keeps playing like that as long as they can afford him. Um, let's see. The offensive line has been good for most of the season. They were awful in Cleveland. Now I saw some people today saying that the offensive line wasn't that bad. 
that the that the sacks and the pressures were mostly on Purdy. I don't agree with that. Some of it was on Purdy. Yes, he was bad. We already talked about that. But the offensive line was what uh, was not good. They've been really good all season, but today or yesterday was not their day. Uh, just not a good showing. And you know, the one I was the most worried about was Colton McKivitz, but he was probably the best one. Trent Williams was was not good, but uh, he was hurt. So and he was playing on one leg. So you kind of expect that. And he was playing against Miles Garrett. But the interior, Banks, Burford, and Brendel, especially uh, Brendel and Burford, they just they just weren't good. I, I felt like that the the pocket was collapsing just like right off the bat. Uh, it seemed like every snap. I'm sure it wasn't that bad, but that's how it felt that uh, Purdy just didn't have any time. But I know that he did, and I know that he made some bad plays when when there wasn't pressure, but uh, just a crappy game. Hey, you know, he's been so good at, at handling pressure and handling the blitz, but yesterday he didn't do anything. And the other thing is that the Browns, Coming into this game, they weren't good against play-action passes, and Brock Purdy is really good at that, and he wasn't yesterday. Now, part of that is the 49ers couldn't run the ball worth a crap. So, you know, when you can't run the ball, then it's hard to have much of a play-action game. So uh, I just think the two kind of go hand-in-hand, hand and and that's, that's important. Uh, to me, this was the sloppiest game under Kyle Shanahan since that Denver debacle in week three of last season. That's where Garoppolo stepped out of the back of the end zone. Um, maybe the Kansas City game, but the Kansas City game, I think that they just were outmatched. They they just played bad, and, but they played a really good team. That Denver team that they played last year was terrible. And so they, they lost to a bad team at that point last year. Um. Let's see, what do I have next? Uh, the 49ers have been relatively healthy this season, but that ended in week six. So we've talked about some of those injuries. Penalties. 12 penalties for, I think it was like 105 yards or something like that. Horrible. And so when I said last week in, in my keys to the game that they needed to stay hungry, that's what I meant. Don't beat yourself. Don't turn the ball over. Now, when there's rain and wind, you know, sometimes turnovers are going to happen. But don't uh, don't be committing a lot of penalties, and, and that's exactly what they did. Terrible. 12 penalties uh, for over 100 yards is, is just terrible for a team that is one of the favorites to win the Super Bowl. Uh Talked about how this was easily Purdy's uh, worst game. Uh, interception by Dalmador Lenore. Huge play. This this was obviously at a big point in the game. Lenore picked off the pass, ran it back down to, I think, the eight-yard line or something like that. Um, just a great play. And then Jordan Mason takes it in uh, from that point on. And the question that I asked was, is Diamador Lenore becoming the 49ers' best corner? I mean, I know that Mooney Ward is considered that guy, but Lenore has been really, really good. And so uh, I'm excited uh, about his his future. Yeah, when he slipped, uh, that, was, that was bad. But again, it's a wet field. People are going to slip. You know, it just it happens. Um, 
And and what what about Jordan Mason? To me, man, he he is like running angry. I just love what I'm seeing from Jordan Mason. Thought it was great how um, Elijah Mitchell comes in after McCaffrey left the game. And Mitchell's just, he's getting no room to run. He's not making anything happen. Part of that was on him. Part of it was the Cleveland defense. Part of it was the offensive line. Um, and so what did Kyle do? He, or, or, or maybe it was the running backs coach that did it. I don't, I don't know who made the decision, but Mitchell quit playing and they started putting in Jordan Mason and Mason was having a lot, a lot more success than, uh, um, Elijah Mitchell was, and we saw how, man, um, Mason was great in that Dallas game. Once they, once they built up that big lead and they pulled McCaffrey out of the game, Mason ran like he was just like he was a tank or something, just running through people. And so I hope I'm, I'm working right now on the 49ers mailbag, uh, for 49ers web zone. That's going to come out either tomorrow probably going to come out tomorrow. Uh, usually I do it on Wednesday, but I think tomorrow I should have that finished. And somebody asked, is, should Jordan Mason now be uh, running back number two? And I think so, because I think that, uh, that Mason's just becoming that much better um, right now. And Elijah Mitchell can't stay healthy. Now the thing that Kyle, I think really likes and uh, Bobby Turner really likes they love those running backs that don't put the ball on the ground. And Elijah Mitchell's never fumbled in his entire NFL career. I don't know that Jordan Mason has in the regular season. I don't think he has, but he did a bunch in, in uh, preseason. So they don't like that. Um, so, but yeah, I think that he's ready. Bryant, what's up, man? Good to see you in here. Bryant said, smash the like button, everyone. Yes, sir. Please do. And Moody will bounce back. Yeah, we're going to talk about Moody here in a second, but uh, I'm with you. I th I think that uh, I think that was just one of those things. Randy, what's up, man? Good to have you in here. So uh, here's the next thing I wrote down. Isaiah Oliver is this dude can tackle, man. He's so he's not the best matchup against those quicker receivers, but he can flat out tackle. And I know that he was playing yesterday on uh, the tight end uh, uh oh my gosh I forgot the dude's name and in, in what is the dude's name I can't even I can't even think of it I just went blank um crap that's gonna bug me but I I know I saw that he was playing on him some and uh and so I I just think that uh, Isaiah Oliver had a good game yesterday um Next thing I wrote down was I did, did not expect to see the Browns run the ball so well against the 49ers defense. I mentioned that already. That surprised me. And you know what? I kind of going into the game, I kind of thought uh, the way that they had been, the, the Browns had been playing with uh, with that one kid. Um, I I did not think that uh, he was going to be the, the answer. And so... Uh, the kid who who played for uh, Kansas City, um, gosh dang it, I'm going blank again. Um, let me bring that up. Uh, Cream Hunt. So I going into this game, I thought that Jerome Ford. I wasn't concerned about him at all, but I knew that the Browns were kind of working Kareem Hunt back into like he hadn't played much, 
but they were trying to work him back into it. And so I was thinking, man, I don't know. He could, he could really cause the 49ers some problems. And then he did. And uh, so that was uh, certainly, certainly not the way that we wanted to, to see that uh, going on. So uh, just talked about Jordan Mason a second ago and Matt Barrows uh, just put on Twitter that Kyle Shanahan uh, praised Jordan Mason's play on Sunday, but it sounded l- that Elijah Mitchell, not Mason, would be in the lead role should Christian McCaffrey miss Monday's game. So that, uh, hmm, yeah, I'm, I'm not excited to hear, but I'm not surprised because, like I said, I think that Bobby Turner and Kyle Shanahan really trust Elijah Mitchell because he doesn't fumble the ball. And so I'm not surprised by that statement at all, but I'm a little disappointed because I think that Jordan Mason brings more juice to the running game than than Elijah Mitchell does. Uh, Amari Cooper, by the way, four catches, 108 yards. Man, the long one was 58 um, uh, David and in joke in joke in joke. <laughs> I can't, I can't remember anything today and I can't, uh, speak. <laughs> All right. Here's the next thing that I wrote down. <clears throat> um, George Kittle was the invisible man. So one week after scoring three touchdowns, Kittle caught, I think one pass. Uh, let me go back. I want to make sure that I'm not, um, cu- cutting him short, but I don't think that I am. Uh, yeah, George Kittle, one catch for one yard. Horrible, especially in a situation when the uh, you know their two of their best weapons, McCaffrey and Debo Samuel, went down. They really needed George Kittle to step up, and I don't know if he just because uh, I haven't watched the tape uh, on Wednesday. I'm going to be live on the PSF app with Anthony Robertson, a 49ers cutback. So I'm, I'm going to ask him um, if Kittle was, was just being used so much to block or if they just had him blanketed or if Purdy just wasn't seeing him. I know that Purdy had a lot of pressure right up, uh, right up in his face. So maybe that was, uh, maybe that had something to do with it. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, did I mention this wasn't the best game for the offensive line? Yeah, they, they weren't, uh, they just weren't good. Let's talk about that personal foul on Tashawn Gibson. What a horrible call. Now, when it happened live, I was like, yeah, you know, it's like so close that I thought, you know, maybe he's going to get away with it. And then I saw that flag come out and I just could not believe it. But then when they started showing it, I mean, it's just, it's clear that his shoulder pad hits um, the receiver's shoulder. So no, there was nothing, nothing to the head. It just was a terrible call and, uh, just, just bad. And the, the, this was on third down. So the 49ers either would have gotten off the field or the Browns would have been in fourth and long. So this was going to be, this was a huge play and a huge missed call, um, and allowed the Browns to go down and, uh, score, um, uh, what were some very, very critical points uh, at that time. So just a bad call. The defense gave up 19 points to a team starting a career backup at quarterback. You know, we could say all that we, all that we want about 
how great the Browns defense was because they were. And the offense for the 49ers was just terrible. They struggled, but they struggled against a really great defense. But the 49ers defense had no business struggling against that uh, that Cleveland offense, especially with that quarterback. And so that was super disappointing. Um, by the way, Elijah Mitchell had two carries for negative three yards on Sunday. Debo Samuel, two carries for 11 yards. Ray Ray McLeod actually was better. He had two catches for 23 yards. So even when Debo Samuel was in there, he he really didn't do anything. McCaffrey, 11 carries for 43 yards, three catches for nine. Uh, and I am, I am sick of seeing him have face mask penalties committed against him. That's This is like the fourth game in a row that, uh, that the other team is, has yanked down on his face mask. And no wonder he's getting hurt because, uh, I mean, they're just, it's like they're doing this intentionally. Uh, so finally, Jake. Not money, Moody. Man, well, let me say, I'm not one of those who was freaking out and saying that the 49ers should never have drafted Jake Moody, that they need to move on, bring in Robbie Gold now. Um, not that if if they were to bring in Robbie Gold, I, I, it wouldn't hurt my feelings because I think Robbie Gold probably makes that kick. But I did see that David Lombardi tweeted out something earlier today reminding us all that in the Raiders game last season, um, Robbie Gold had a chance to win the game. Uh, he missed the field goal and the game went into overtime. Now he ended up kicking the game winning field goal after that, but he did miss in uh, regulation. So so not even Robbie Gold hits every kick. And Jake Moody had come into this game hitting everything. And, uh, and so he missed two of them, one from over 50 yards, and then the, the last one from uh, 41 or whatever it was, he he definitely should have made that. But again, this is a rookie playing in only his sixth game in his first high-pressure situation with the game on the line on a wet field in a windy stadium with a, a, a loud crowd. And so... I kind of Bryant said earlier uh, that Moody's going to bounce back. I I really agree with that. And here he says Jake Moody's going to get better. I yeah, don't give up on the kid yet. He's gonna he's gonna be fine. Uh, like this is pretty normal for rookie kickers to struggle. I don't think that bring. I don't think that the drafting him in the third round to me that's not that's not a big deal. I I know it's a little higher than we want. But if he makes the winning kick in the Super Bowl, then none of us are going to, none of us are going to care that, uh, uh, that they, they spent what they spent on him. So not concerned about that. Um, yeah. So Bryant said, Moody's my guy. Look, I, last night I put something on Twitter. Um, something I'm going to paraphrase. Basically I said, I know that Jake Moody's going to take the heat for this. He's going to get the blame, but the 49ers should have never put him in a situation to where he had to make the game-winning kick. Now, I got just buried um, on Twitter last night, people just telling me that I'm stupid. 
Uh, you know, like why else would they, I mean, he's a rookie. He's yeah, he's a rookie, but he's a kicker. He's paid to do this. He should make it. Why else shouldn't they use? I mean, what else are they supposed to use him for? All this kind of stuff. My point was that they shouldn't have been in that position. They should have beaten the Browns by enough that Moody didn't have to come in and kick a game winner. And if that ref doesn't call that penalty on Gibson, then maybe Moody's not in that situation. If Brock Purdy was a little bit better, then maybe they're they're not in that situation. So there just were a lot of things. Um, you know, there was that other um, where uh, PJ Walker clearly was uh, fumbling, and Nick Bosa recovered it, and they called it uh, a, for, a a pass. Um, you know, if that doesn't happen then the 49ers likely have the ball inside the 10-yard line, at least have a field goal right before halftime. So there's just everything kind of came to a head and and all of the pressure was on Moody to make that kick. And so I'm not going to blame him. Yeah, he should have made it, and I'm sure he feels like crap, but um, I'm not going to blame him because the team as a whole was terrible. That was my point, is that everybody was bad. And it shouldn't, it, Moody shouldn't take the blame, even though he's going to. <clears throat> Last thing that I uh, wrote down um, in my article this morning is that after the game, Nick Bosa said, I don't think we deserve to win today. And I completely agree. They did just did not play well. And when you play that bad um, and you let a, a you know, I don't want to call Cleveland a bad team because even though their offense is bad, they have a, a great defense. So I'd call them an average team. And when you let somebody that's not on your level stay around so long, then you kind of deserve if if things turn out like this. And so, um, you know, that's uh, that's my uh, um, that's my my thoughts on that. So, um. So anyway, that's, uh, that is all that I have for today. Um, like I said, I'm going to be on the PSF app on Wednesday at, uh, two o'clock Pacific time with Anthony of, uh, 49ers cutback. So if you're on PSF, come check us out and I'll probably be back on here sometime later in the week, uh, breaking down the Minnesota game, or, uh, maybe I'll, I, I may see if I can have a, find a guest. Maybe, maybe I can find somebody. If anybody wants to come on with me, maybe like Thursday or Friday, uh, then let me know. Thanks, Brian. Appreciate it. Uh, appreciate all of the watches and listens and, uh, your support. So, uh, please make sure that you like and subscribe, follow the, uh, 49ers Camelot show, wherever you watch or listen. Appreciate it. Brian said, Anthony's cool. Yeah, he's great. And I feel like we're a really good, uh, team. And we've had a we've had some people actually reach out to us and tell us we're a really good team because I'm more of the news interview kind of person, and he's more of the film break it down. And so it's it's a lot of fun to uh, to be able just to ask him questions and and he just spits out the information. So everybody have a great rest of your week. What's up, CG? Good to see you in here, man. Um, so everybody have a great uh, rest of your week, and I will check back in sometime later, probably Thursday or Friday. See ya.